0: I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. What? we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. If You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Dodge this. I'm the best in the world. And that's the bottom line, because don't go set so. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Steak Sauce Podcast. I'm your host, Bugs Brian. Let's get right into it. Well, first we'll start with Green Bay minus six, easy cover, 21 points. Detroit looked lost through the whole game. Uh, Denver surprisingly kept it close after losing Drew Locke in the first quarter. They ended up backdoor covering, which was pretty pretty solid for the Denver betters. Jacksonville has to be a team that gets a bit of respect going forth Uh, in back-to-back weeks granted division games they've managed to keep tennessee within a field goal and outright beat the colts while gardner Minshew plays mistake free football buffalo survives some fits magic and avoids atlanta ing that's a new phrase we're going to coin that here atlanta ing is when you epically fail despite having a large lead easiest underdog of the week and there were only two underdogs to win this week but the Rams over Philly. Vegas way overvalued Philly. LA Rams D-line eight all day. Carson Wentz had no time and it showed. Minnesota looks like a dumpster fire just like Detroit does. Uh, Kirk Cousins should have never been given that much money. You had the Colts favored I think by a field goal when the lines closed and they ended up winning by 17. San Francisco got demolished by injuries and still managed to cruise easily over the Jets. Arizona's for real. Um, they were well, the game was well in hand before Washington even scored their first points. In what was a sweatier game than needed to be, Kansas City had to take the Chargers into overtime and they needed three long kicks from Harrison Butker in order to clinch that game. The first one called back by a false start, the second one nullified by a timeout, and then hits the third one with ice in his veins to win that game in overtime. And despite the Chiefs pulling it out in overtime, the impressive story over there, is Justin Herbert's debut. Threw for over 300 yards in a debut against Pat Mahomes. And Baltimore cruises to a win over Houston and probably beat the Chiefs. Uh, Let's finish off this recap here. Seattle beats New Orleans in a thriller. That was an amazing game. And despite Seattle winning against New England, Cam Newton looked every bit the quarterback that you would want him to be he was throwing it he was running it and he was calm and collective through the whole thing he never imploded cam was right in there until the end on the road in seattle granted the fans weren't there but new england's winning new england's gonna push for that division i don't think it's still a shock to me that cam newton wasn't signed until as late as he was The Raiders upset New Orleans on Monday night in their new home. Drew Brees looked slightly sluggish without Michael Thomas. Now, that's not to say that Michael Thomas is what moves that offense, because Kamara was looking electric as well. But creatively speaking, they just weren't able to get the ball moving enough after the first half. The Raiders' halftime adjustments came out and worked on the best favour as they outscored them 17-7 in the second half. So let's take a look here at what we have for our opening lines coming up for week three. So for our Thursday night game, Jacksonville is the favourite, minus three. They opened as a pick'em, so that's a two point line movement and a lot of people seem to be in on the Jags early line is showing that 73% of the public is actually in on the Jags and the over-under is at 48, tough. Cleveland by a touchdown over Washington, wouldn't touch that. Vegas, New England, New England by six. I don't know what I want to believe about this Raiders team just yet. Cam is just playing on another level right now. Six-point favorite for New England. At home. To Derek Carr. I want to say give me the six. Houston's at Pittsburgh, I wouldn't touch that. Tennessee's at Minnesota, I'm all over Tennessee. Two and a half. Minnesota looks terrible with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins only knows how to stare down Adam Thielen, and you get predictable, you gotta hope that Dalvin Cook can break one for you. That's a tough matchup in terms of what you're hoping for if you're betting Minnesota. I'm I'm on Tennessee and I'm all over it. Chicago, Atlanta, and Atlanta's favored by three. In this game, you just take the over because Atlanta will give up points and they will score points so as long as they're giving it 47 and a half i'm all over it until it at least hits 51. now you might think oh well chicago really like what's chicago gonna score with it doesn't matter atlanta has no secondary absolutely no secondary and barely has a pass rush put those two things together anybody can get a couple of passes off Allen robinson will score cincinnati philly don't touch two bad teams playing each other you don't really want to you don't want to waste your energy. Rams and Buffalo, that's going to be a tough one to call. Buffalo looks like they're for real, but they had a late game collapse versus Miami. Granted, it, you could call it garbage time in terms of that last touchdown, but if Miami ended up going Dallas and sneaking out that onside somehow, Buffalo could have been in a sweaty position so I'm not all the way sold on Buffalo. And the Rams, I believe, were dogs in both the games they've played so far. That's right, they were dogs to Dallas, beat Dallas. And now they are do- they were dogs to Philly, beat Philly. I mean, that's a 2-0 dog streak. I'm almost, I I don't want to say all in on the Rams, but the Rams seem better top to bottom than the Bills. I'm still, again, not sold on Josh Allen, but I'm not sold on Jared Goff either. Niners and Giants. Giants signed Devontae Freeman to replace Saquon Barkley. Niners have Bosa injured, Sherman injured, Mostert injured, Garoppolo injured. That's something you don't bother betting jets indianapolis indianapolis is now moved up to minus 11 from minus seven my lord and it's the jets like are you even surprised you get what no Le'Veon bell sam darnold has who to throw to that's it's hard to give 11 but Deal over 44, thinking the Jets maybe get 13-16 garbage time point. And the Colts are going to score 30-something. You almost got to take the over 44, although it did drop a point from the open. But Indy hasn't looked crisp. Carolina plays the Chargers. That's a tough one to call. Teddy Bridgewater should be able to... No, not that pass rush is crazy. And now you have your easiest game of the week. Afternoon game. Arizona minus six against Detroit. If Detroit can stay within two touchdowns, I will be shocked. I am gonna juice this up all the way to nine and a half because Detroit is terrible. There is not a worse collection of talent in the league on both sides of the ball. They have great quarterback, solid running backs. Their best receiver is injured. Their best tight end is a second year. Their O-line doesn't even meet average at its best day. Their secondary right now is in absolute shambles. And you're tasking this team now who'd let Packers drop 42 on them and Mitch Trubisky score three touchdowns in a fourth quarter now they have to stop Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins no I don't think so and then you got Seattle and Dallas now Dallas was dead in the water until Atlanta went full blown Atlanta Seattle is on fire right now Russell Wilson has two less touchdowns than incompletions. He has nine touchdowns to 11 incompletions on the season, not in the game, not in in the game again, on the season. Russell Wilson is gonna be running for MVP with Lamar and Mahomes by the end of this season. Whether he wins it or not is gonna be up to records and up to moments but russell wilson is pacing for a monster year now right now the spread's at five it opened at three and a half clearly the betters are loving seattle and even i'm loving seattle and i take seattle up to a touchdown six and a half that seems to be the only standouts from the opening lines Uh, the over 54 and a half is pretty possible too because you can figure Arizona is going to put up at least 32, 35, 42 points. So then all you really need is Detroit to put up 14 and 17 and Matt Stafford can move the ball. So yeah, Arizona to cover definitely an over over there. That's what, uh, that's what we're boiling down to. So what do we got? One, two, three, so we have about five solid picks maybe six depending on how you swing on that new england and the raiders game for sunday that's not if you include money line picks money line picks you could get a lot more value out of here you could definitely take new england pittsburgh tennessee the niners will definitely win it's just a matter of how uh same thing with the colts um And then you've got seattle arizona now if you want a juicy money line in terms of like when the spread is tight i think baltimore definitely beats kansas city kansas city looked a little sluggish last week whereas baltimore seems to be running on all cylinders two weeks in a row and on the flip side of that New Orleans seems to be favored against Green Bay and Green Bay is an underdog and that seems to be the easiest pick of the week Aaron Rodgers is going to dissect that New Orleans defense if Derek Carr was able to now granted the New Orleans defense gave up 130 yards of penalties Aaron Rodgers will kill that defense for those same mistakes so Green Bay for your dog of the week for sure for your Sunday night game Now, let's take a quick look at college opening lines. Now, on college opening lines, you get kind of tough ones because sometimes you're going to get crazy spreads. Like you have Oklahoma minus 28 against Kansas State, and they probably cover. Kansas State lost to Arkansas State, 35-31. You're letting Arkansas State hang 35 on you. This Oklahoma team will hang 60-burger on you easily. Uh, So talking early lines, I like Kentucky to cover the seven and a half on Auburn. A lot of teams are very high, or sorry, a lot of betters are very high on Auburn. Um, I find Auburn usually always starts their season very sluggishly, especially in conference play. Um, They could definitely still win the game and they probably will, but whether they cover more than a full touchdown, because the spread is at a seven and a half as is, give me the full seven and I'll take the Kentucky wildcats kentucky looks better than a lot of people i think are giving them credit for this year one game that stands out in particular is florida at mississippi the over under is at 59. Um, missus Ole miss has been absolutely demolished by COVID. they've had multiple multiple players tested and so they haven't been able to uh, have full practices until very recently, and even then it's in, in groups and chunks of uh, player positions. So how they're going to look is very questionable considering new coach Lane Kiffin installing whatever he needs to install. Now you have Florida Gators who have season in and season out an amazing defense. Passing, rushing, all together, their, their defenses are just solid and generally their first few games their offenses struggle and usually if the quarterback ends up struggling the whole team struggles now i'm still not sold that florida has a full solution at quarterback to bring them over the top they are currently ranked very high but i think this is a 31 10 13 type of game where 40 ish points maybe 48 is your and that's if florida can pump it up to 31 i think florida gets 24 ish to 28 basically being just in better game shape than ole miss and that's my personal prediction is that 59 is way too high i'm willing to take that down another just to be on the safe side i wouldn't take it under 52 and a half But to me, that would mean that Florida has to score 42 and Mississippi has to get more than 10. So one game that I'm very high on and the spread is shifting in that direction is Georgia Tech over Syracuse. And it opened at seven and is now at eight. I'd be willing to go up to minus nine and a half if it got there. Um... Georgia Tech has looked very clean through two games, beating Florida State in Florida State and then taking UCF all the way to the fourth quarter before UCF rattled off three fast paced touchdowns. One off of a turnover and then two just from being the fast paced team they are. So the scoreline from that Georgia Tech and UCF game wasn't actually reflective of the game that was played through three quarters. Uh, UCF just managed to just to turn it up another level in that fourth quarter and run away with it. Syracuse hasn't really done anything thus far to, to show me that they're ready to score at a high rate again. And Georgia Tech's freshman quarterback, Jeff Sims, looks like he's game to game, ready to take improvements. And so we'll see how that progresses, but I would take Georgia Tech almost up to 10 points. At 10 points, I would start to have to think about it. Uh, UCF opened at minus 25. They've now bumped up to minus 27 and a half. Now I hate taking spreads this big, but UCF scores so fast and so often. I generally don't jump on spreads of over 23 and a half, and even in college, it's just, you always get down to the point where they don't need to have that many points, and sometimes winning is just enough. Now, the reason, and the reason I say that is this, you do need to score a lot of points, especially in college football, in order to impress the voters. So there is merit in terms of running up scores or in terms of getting a better return rate on drives and such like certain statistics. So sometimes teams are aware of needing to cover spreads, especially when they're favored so high. But ultimately, do they need to? No. Therefore, unless you're absolutely certain of a spread so big, you should probably stay away from it. ECU, this is their first game. UCF played last week and absolutely tuned. They look like they haven't missed a beat. They probably drop another 49, if not more. So that means that ECU needs to score in the 20s or above in order to cover. I'd roll with UCF on that one. UCF is. They're out to prove something constantly by not being a power five team. They want to be respected on a national stage. And the only way to do that is to beat up on the opponents you're supposed to beat up on. One spread I'm very, very in in tune with, and I know it's their first game as well as Virginia minus six over Duke. Duke has looked terrible through two games. There's nothing there to to show that they're ready to play any kind of football this season. Uh, they look like they're ready to pack it in and go play some basketball, scoring six points last week. And I don't even think they put up 10 against Duke. So, no, sorry, they put up 13 against Duke. Much better, much better. So you scored a whopping 19 points on the season against Notre Dame and Boston College. And you were favored against Boston College. Virginia's should mop the floor with you. Notre Dame should cover the 16 and a half on Wake Forest. Notre Dame will run wild all over them. Notre Dame's running game got going last week and it's not gonna stop anytime soon on their schedule. Their schedule's not gonna hit a big snag. Oh no, Notre Dame and Wake Forest has been postponed. Probably more COVID, that's too bad. 54 points in Florida State, Miami. I'd probably take the under fifty four. And that concludes our first episode of Steak Sauce. You've been listening to Bugs Brian. I hope you enjoyed yourself, and I hope we all make some money this week. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble here! I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. What? Not a game. We talking about one change with no record for Dr. Rich, you got Dodger ball. Dodge this. I am the best in the world and that's the bottom line because don't go setza. Oh, what are you talking about, man?